Welcome to the Agency Builders Podcast, where in weekly episodes, Andre and Christian from the KnowledgeX team will provide actionable advice on how to build an agency business by interviewing guests who have already done it and who are currently doing it successfully. So if you're wanting to build an agency or if you're currently building an agency, be sure to sit back, relax, and enjoy the free value. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Agency Builders Podcast. Today, we have the man himself, Guillerme, the founder of Boost Agency and world famous, well, I guess you could say, maybe not so famous because he's a ghostwriter, but a famous Twitter ghostwriter. What's going on, man? Uh, I'm good, bro. Just chilling. <laughs> Happy to hear it, man. So for uh, anyone who's not too familiar with you and your story, do you want to just give a quick background about who you are and what you're currently up to? Yeah, so it's really weird, really fast, uh, the way that everything changed. Uh, so you know the cliche that, oh, six months of money Twitter can change your life. It's something that everybody everybody says, right? But that's super true because that's literally what happened to me. Uh, I joined money Twitter uh, about eight months ago, something like that. And I saw that everybody was making money. I was broke. I wasn't working. I had no money living with my parents. Um, and I, I joined money Twitter. I'm like, everybody's making money. I need to do something. I can't be like 20, 21, 22 and not be doing anything with my life. So I just took a chance. I was like, Hey, I'm going to try to see if I can make, uh, if I can make this work. And I started writing tweets for people, just sending free tweets on their DMs. And six, eight months later, I turned that into an agency and here we are. It happened really, really fast, really fast. Crazy. So dope. Yeah. I mean, it's anything you put that amount of time and focus and effort into is going to turn into something successful and fruitful, at least from my experience, as long as there's like, you know, data to back it up and it's a smart decision and there's a need and there's a market for whatever it is you're doing. Um, you're most likely going to have successful. So uh, just for those out there that might not be familiar with money, Twitter, if you could just explain like what that is and also how you discovered money, Twitter in the first place, just so we can get some background on, on where it all started. Right. So money, Twitter is the craziest thing in the internet. Um, usually people uh, go on Twitter to share something funny or say stuff that they can see around their family or their boss or you know but i was on money twitter and i used to follow this comedian called chris delia and chris delia retweeted um a guy called andrew tate and it was a post where the guy was standing in front of a supercar and it was like hey um I've never watched Star Wars. <laughs> let, me remember, let me remember exactly what it was. Um, he was sitting in front of a supercar and it was like, um, I've never watched Star Wars. Um, they say that I'm missing out. You are missing out on being a millionaire. Uh, keep your movie. <laughs> and basically, it was super funny. The, the way the, the tweet was written, it was super funny. So I clicked the link and then every reply was people that were making money online. I knew because I clicked on their profiles and I started uh, looking at the, the content. And it was like, hey, this guy has an agency. This guy is on e -com. This guy is doing this, you know? So everybody was making money online. And at that time, I didn't, I didn't even know what PayPal was. 
And I was like, all right, so everybody's making money online. So clearly there's a way to do it. I want to make money too. So I just started following those people and my feed, suddenly my feed was every day, like people talking about uh, self-improvement, making money online. Uh, you can do this to make money. You can do that to make money. And a couple of weeks of seeing that every day, you kind of get naturally brainwashed into thinking that, hey, I can do this too. And that's how I found money Twitter through the through Chris D'Elia, then Andrew Tate, then start following everybody and just got brainwashed into doing this. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I think we we kind of found it in a similar fashion. Like we were doing a different, a completely different offer within our own business. And while Money Twitter didn't help us get started with our business, it helped us pivot to, to lead generations, which is what we're doing at the moment. And we're scaling and, and meeting a lot of cool people on the space. So my next question is, you know, there's a ton of different people preaching a ton of different things, right? Like, oh, you should do e-com, you should do email marketing, you should copyright, you should ghostwrite, you should do SaaS. Like, how did you land on ghostwriting as a skill? And then how did you start to make your first few dollars from that? So since the beginning of the, that I joined my Twitter, I was hearing people talking about, hey, you got to add value to people. You got to add value to people. And I'm like, all right, what does that mean, right? I can't do anything. I'm not, I don't have a skill. I don't, I don't know what to do. Like I want to add value, but I don't know what to do. I just tweet every day. So I'm like, okay, this, this is a way that I can add value. So I, there was this guy, um, Dylan Madden. And I was like, Hey, this guy is doing really well. He's a freelancer. He's a successful guy. How can I add value to him? So I just started sending uh tweets for him i'm like hey i can give you like eight tweets a day every day use it i don't want anything i did that for months 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 before i ever um asked for anything in return uh, my first couple dollars that i made online wasn't actually with uh ghost writing uh i used to do logos graphic design everything but i used to sell my stuff on fiber which basically is like something that you should never do because people on Fiverr get super underpaid. The way uh, a $50 gig on Fiverr could be $1,000 uh, if you have a connection on Twitter, right? So my first dollars wasn't, weren't made with ghostwriting. It was with design because I was trying stuff out to see if I'm talented at anything. Turns out I wasn't, but I kept doing something that eventually I got good at. But how the ghostwriting um, became success successful is it's really weird because I never reached out to anyone. I never reached out to anyone. I still don't know uh, how people do uh, those funnels and stuff and all the, the this marketing part. Um, I don't know how, how that goes. The only thing that I did was be consistent for months, months, months. I never skipped a day. I was consistent for months. So eventually it's impossible not to get good at something. Uh, the way I see tweets now are super nuanced. I can see patterns. I can see how this word is going to affect this tweet. But I spent months writing tweet. I got good at it. And people started to refer like, hey, can you help this account too? And I was like, sure. Then three accounts got to five accounts, got to six accounts, got to seven accounts. And suddenly you don't have time anymore. You are working 20 hours a day and you're like, hey, I need to make this bigger than myself. So at the point that I am right now is I have a couple of people in my team. We manage the accounts, we write the tweets and 
we have tons of referrals and I still have to increase the team so we can handle that too, because I have to uh, watch every tweet to see if it's good, if it's high quality. But this is where I'm at, uh, this is where I'm at now. I tried design a little bit, didn't work. And I started, uh, I started to get a lot of referrals for ghostwriting and then it just took off naturally. It's insane, dude. It's insane. Like, again, just going back to like, I, Christian and I have been like in this game for like three, four years now. Like we started a podcast way back in 2018 and uh, that was like our first taste of it. Right. It's like, we had this podcast, we had no idea what we were doing, but we were just consistent with it. So like one thing that we made sure of no matter what was that we were going to launch a podcast episode every single Thursday at midnight, every single week and not miss a week and not miss or mess up the time. And after like a few weeks and a few months went by and every single time, every Thursday, a new episode was there. Not only mm -hmm. were people like expecting it, but they were waiting for it. And it just led to so much success. And anytime someone asks us like, how did you get so successful with the podcast? And how did you get this person on? And how did you get this many listeners? And how did it lead to this opportunity? It was all about uh, consistency for a long period of time. But obviously, uh, through that process, there were, you know, failures and, and tough times where we were down on ourselves and, um, you know, wanted to like give up or quit or take a break. So talk about that side of things a little bit, just so people can get the full perspective of like the experience of an entrepreneur and an agency owner. So talk about, I guess, um, maybe a few failures or mishaps you might have encountered throughout these past few months. And also, more importantly, how you're able to overcome those. All right, so this is kind of the cliche because um, you hear that all the time, like, hey, uh, you have to be consistent. Uh, consistency beats talent. Consistency, uh, hard work is the, is the is key. Like, you hear that every day and you're kind of like, oh, all right, right, this guy is lying to me. It's literally the truth. It's literally it. Like, there is not uh, something that people are just saying uh, to say something. That's literally it. That's really it. like you just have to show up and work every day. And eventually it's impossible not to get good at something. Like it's impossible to, to spend a thousand hours on something and not get good at something. But what most people do is they spend one week trying to do something and you don't get results because of course you're not going to get results in one week and then they quit. So I think uh, an advantage that I've had is I kind of knew that, hey, if I'm shit right now, I know that in a few months, I'm going to understand how this works. So I never really uh, expect too much in the beginning. So that's how I was able to keep going, even when uh, it was tough, like I didn't know what I, what I was doing. But regardless to, um, in regard to hard times, it's literally every day. Like for somebody trying to do an online business, or I, I believe that any kind of business, it's every day there's something going wrong. Every day there's something going wrong. This is not going to work out. This didn't work out. Uh, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how I'm going to figure out how to do this. It's literally every day. But the thing that happens is it's kind of like, you know, when you go to the gym and suddenly like, I don't know, like a certain weight becomes your normal and then you have to push to bigger weights. The amount of stress that you go through naturally, it increases your threshold. So some things that used to make me super stressed in the beginning of the year is like they don't register in my radar anymore. It's, it's, it's normal. 
things that I, will make me feel like, oh, my, my world is going to end. It's like, hey, this is another Monday, right? So things go wrong all the time. What happens with people that have businesses is you just become used to it. A couple of failures of mine, I had to, I mean, I, one of my first clients, it simply didn't work out. And this is a, this is something that people are afraid of having. Oh my God, what if it doesn't work out? You refund them. It's literally it. Like you refund them. Like the world isn't going to crash. Uh, I, I remember seeing my, my client social blade and I was like, oh my God, this guy isn't growing. The, what do I do to grow his account? Oh my God. And I used to come up with theories and I'm like, oh my God, this is not going to work out. And it didn't. And I was like, hey man, uh, I tried hard. I couldn't uh, do the results that I was expecting. And we can work out a refund because I don't want to take our money for something that I promised and it didn't happen. Then I refunded him. He was super cool, done. That's literally it. That's the only thing that that I think, um, I don't know, people think that it's going to, the world is going to end if they can't deliver or something. Bro, people don't really care that much. As long as you have the money to refund them and hey, go on about your, your day, right? There's, there's not, it's not going to end, you know? Um, but this is something that used to make me super nervous, super nervous. Today is like, it's normal, it's part of business. Like sometimes things don't work out. Um, but those kind of little things used to make me think that my career was over. I couldn't deliver uh, results for this client. I'm going to get exposed. My life is over. <laughs> I'll, I'll move back to my parents. It's done, I tried. But it's like, hey, bro, you just refund them and it's all good, right? There's, there's nothing, uh, the world won't end. And of course, you'll learn, hey, I couldn't deliver uh, to this client because of this. There's a way to do it. There's a better way to do it. You learn, you can deliver be uh, better results with time. And you just grow. But those disasters happen every day, every day. You just get, you just learn to, to deal uh, with this stuff. I bet you guys also have plenty of stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, and it, you bring up a great point of like, and I think it's a great personality trait for you to like even worry about these things, right? Because like it shows your ethics of like you actually care that the people you're working with and serving are getting the results that you promised them or that they paid you to get. And if they're not, like you're concerned where a lot of business owners um, are not very ethical and they're just so focused and centered around money. And if they get the money, their job is done and, you know, they'll do a shitty job and not deliver a great product. So like your uh, line of thinking, even though it could sometimes cause a little more stress, uh, is, is what's going to keep you in the game longer than everyone else. So it's something, you know, for people listening to learn from is like, if you don't get results, um, it's fine. It's not the end of the world, but you're getting paid for whatever you promise to deliver. And if you're not able to deliver it, it's not the end of the world, but in certain scenarios, it, it is worthwhile to look into distributing refunds. And also, uh, like you mentioned, learning from past mistakes to apply it towards future projects. That's just business and entrepreneurship in general. That's the only way to progress and get better and make more money because of it. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's another thing that uh, that people get wrong is, and this is something with social media, uh, social media too. People are always showing highlights, right? So my agency uh, is at six figures, 
And then you you look at at that guy and you think, hey, this guy does everything right. This guy came out of the out of the womb and he did everything right from birth. You don't see that this guy fucked up a million times, but he didn't show. Nobody knows. Only he knows that he had to give refunds. He didn't get results. He thought that it was all going to to end for him. But no, you you are only seeing that hey, I have a six figure agency, right? So this guy is like Superman, and it's not it's not it's not how it works. And so a lot of thing, uh, something that I think keep, uh, holds people back is thinking that you have to be great on everything that you do. Everything from from scratch is is great, and it's never like that. I promise. If you think that a guy is great, and he was always great, you are just not simply not seeing the picture. You are simply missing uh, what he isn't telling you. There's, uh, there's this come up that people don't talk about. They always talk about when they're up here, but you are never seeing the, the steps and the stairs, right? So I think this uh, keeps uh, keeps people from trying sometimes, thinking, hey, I'm not good. I can do it. Of course, you're not good. You haven't done it. Like, that's the whole thing, right? And this is just a little mind mindset uh, mindset shift that I think some people have to make. And yeah, it holds a lot of people back. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like Money Twitter can turn into like a pissing contest sometimes. Like, oh, like I have these great results. I have the best margins. Like I have the most clients. And it's like, I guess like authenticity and transparency is like at a premium nowadays. Like I feel like the people that are actually the most transparent and are willing to admit that they fucked up and had to refund somebody are like the people that can be trusted the most because you can see through like the glass, like the facade now where it's like, oh, they say that they're, you know, this massive agency, but they don't show their their weaknesses. They're obviously not telling the full story. So I, I, pre- I appreciate that you brought that up. And I think it's important for anyone listening to understand that, you know, failure and setbacks are a part of, you know, any natural progression towards a really large agency or whatever you're doing. So um, I guess my next question is, you know, since you're a ghostwriter and you have an agency around it, uh, just like a more practical technical question like what goes into crafting a good tweet like helping a brand grow without you know giving too many of your secrets away just like what do you what do you look for to help try to grow an account all right so there's a couple of things that you can do with it with a tweet there's no such thing as a, a good tweet every tweet serves a purpose right so there's engagement tweets which is like hey give me likes usually you do that to plug a tweet underneath uh, so I usually work with a tool called Hype Fury, and in Hype Fury you have a, a a button where you can do auto plugs, and it's basically, hey, if my tweet gets a hundred likes, then automatically there's going to be a plug tweet underneath with a product, right? So this is great uh, tweets to write for engagement, but every tweet every tweet have, has a different purpose. So engagement tweets, what you want to do is take yourself out of the picture and just write for the reader. You, you are irrelevant for uh, engagement tweet. So kinds of tweets that get a lot of engagement are relatable tweets. So for example, a fuck up is in, uh, a tweet that is going to get engagement because it's relatable. Uh, stereotypes, uh, for example, uh, I don't know. I wish I had the confidence of an affiliate marketer, for example, you know, just a, a play on stereotypes. Those usually get a lot of engagement too. Then you have cognitive biases, which is like confirmation bias. For example, if you are right wing and you tweet, hey, there's no way I'm taking this this vaccine, for example, right? Guaranteed engagement. If you're a leftist, you can say, hey, um, screw the orange man. Guaranteed engagement. So you can play on this confirmation bias. 
and there's other uh, other kinds of uh, cognitive biases too like um there's dunning kruger which is kind of like hey um everybody thinks that you are smarter than everybody than everyone else so usually if you call something saying hey this is dumb people are going to agree with you because the only other option is hey if i don't agree with that uh, with this this means i'm dumb so this thing this thing has to be dumb and this is why the those kind of memes um the iq bell curve meme works so well it literally brainwashes you because you you simply don't want to be the guy that is stupid right you you don't want to be the guy the the middle that is like uh that is crying saying hey but you got to do this you always want to be like the the smart one so you always want to fall on this uh, this side. This is a cognitive biases that everyone that everybody has. There's also um, a Barnum effect, which is basically what every horoscope does, which is um, telling something about a personality trait that everybody's going to agree with with you. For so, for example, um, hey, if you are mean to service workers, you're an asshole. This is a critique on a personality trait and everybody's going to agree with you because if, because it is, you know, it's simply, you kind of fill that up in your mind and you put yourself in a place that you're like, hey, this is me, I, I resonate with that. So you kind of like, uh, you like the tweet. So those are kind of engagement tweets. There's also different kind of biases that you can apply. There's uh, effective forecasting, there's focalism. Anyway, there's tons of that. Um, Tweets to grow your account. Those are story tweets, 100%. You can get a viral tweet that gets 10,000 likes and you won't get one follower from that. And you can get a tweet that get 100 likes and you get 1,000 followers uh, from that tweet. Because stories, people identify with stories, people wanna uh, follow people that share their stories. So you always gonna see threads from people saying, hey, um, and there's a formula that I always use for threads that get tons of followers you can you can try that yourself you're going to get a follow is struggle come up and lesson at the end so for example um struggle i used to live with my parents i didn't have money i used to feel ashamed and embarrassed come up now i have a six-figure agency and i can do whatever i want lesson six months of hard work can turn your life around that kind of formula bro that gets you followers like it's it's weird how it works like it literally works every time and I'm careful to say this kind of stuff because I rarely find formulas that work all the time. Nine times out of 10, this formula is going to work. The struggle, the come up and the lesson. Nine times out of 10, if you get like a couple of friends to retweet, that's guaranteed followers, literally guaranteed followers. Um, so what I'm trying to say is every kind of tweet has a different purpose. It's not like a good tweet. A good tweet doesn't exist. There's a good tweet for certain kind of purpose, right? So there's engagement, there's followers, which I just explained. There's tweets to make you an authority in your field, which is basically giving value. Is uh, The way that I do it for clients is I share stuff, I share knowledge, and I. this is just a little framework that I have. It's not necessary, but I just think to myself, like, hey, uh, put yourself in a place where your only job is to give value and expect nothing in return, nothing. So I think about, hey, how can I help these people learn about uh, more about, I don't know, um, making money online, uh, real estate, like anything, like how, how to make a better podcast. And I've, 
my my goal in my head is I'm going to help these people and I'm not going to look at it again. I'm just sending it and expecting nothing in return. Weird thing happens when you when you do that. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if it's like something some esoteric secret, uh, secret but those magically get clients to show up in your DMs. Like if you're talking about your industry and you're helping people and you expect nothing in return, there's a weird thing that happens that people just gravitate towards that. Like, hey, this guy is providing value. He's not necessarily plugging a, a course. He's just like helping me uh, and it's pure, it's genuine. And people, people really like that. And so people get interested, people DM you, people ask to help you. Uh, people uh, DM you to asking if they if you can help or if they can help. So basically, to to build authority is just talking about your what you do, and deals is kind of the same thing. It's just literally literally talk about what you do. If you talk enough about podcasts and you give enough value around podcasts, you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get people DMing you, and I'm sure you have. Hey, can you give me some tips on how I can start my podcast? Why is my pod podcast not working? Uh, I'll, I'll literally pay you for like 30 minutes of your time. That's kind of how it happens, right? Because people, can, uh, people can't know that you can help them if you are not talking about what you do. So if I never talked uh, on my Twitter about ghostwriting, nobody will know that I'm a ghostwriter and nobody, nobody will try to book calls with me to learn or ask for my service. So the more you talk about what you do, more you give the chance that somebody that needs your service is going to see that and call you. So different kinds of tweets serves different kinds of purposes. It's not like one tweet is good or bad. It depends on what you're trying to say. Of course, there are tweets that are going to flop, like nobody's going to care, but that's something like, hey, um, hustle, <laughs> hustle and things are going to work out for you. Like, of course, the tweet is not going to work, right? Because it's like, it's not about um what you're saying because the same thing can be said in a better way and it's going to get likes you have to learn how the code of twitter like there's a there's a code like for example you never write uh block tweets so for example you never stretch a phrase uh one underneath the other you always want to space them out because it's more, more digestible kind of like clips and podcasts um is, is easier for people to consume your content if it's, it looks like it's a little bit more spaced out, short, easy, easy to digest. Um, there's a couple guidelines, of course, like you always wanna, this is something that I talk on my Twitter too, you always wanna use active voice because it's just simpler to understand stuff. So for example, this podcast was made by uh, me and my brother. This is passive voice, active voice is, uh, me and my brother made this podcast. It's just easier to understand when you put the subject first in the in the phrase. So of course, there's tweets that are trash, like simply trash. But um, for a tweet to be good or bad, first you have to give a, a purpose, either followers or engagement or deals, etc. But I guess I'd say the the guidelines on Twitter to to make um, an average tweet, like the the basics is. Don't write block tweets, like block blocks of text. Uh, avo avoid uh, using hashtags unless are super necessary. Because um, sometimes they can sound a little bit like is a spam, but they can be helpful if you're trying to get people 
for example, uh, if you are starting a podcast page and you want to uh, get people that are talking about podcasts, then it might be smart to add hashtags. Um, don't use blog tweets, uh, use active voice. Um, don't be, don't write like you're in college. Like don't write, um, um, although this is not gonna work out, I, <laughs> you know, like don't use like words that are too formal because people come on Twitter to talk to real people. They're not trying to read like a thesis or on something. So talk like you were going to talk to someone else, like face-to-face, -face, like you're talking to a friend. Uh, be social, it's a social network, be social. Um, uh, so yeah, those, those are kind of like basic guidelines to write an average tweet. Wow, dude. <laughs> Unbelievable. That was just like a full out masterclass. Yeah, that was a masterclass. I mean, we don't even charge for people to listen to this podcast, so I think they're getting free admission to just a masterclass on how to crush it on Twitter. So we appreciate you uh, sharing all that. I mean, I'm, I'm listening oh. here and just taking down mental notes on uh, things we could do on, on my Twitter. Cause we're, you know, actively trying to grow that. So, wow. I mean, you know, your shit for sure. And it's cool to see how, how you learned all of this and, and we're, you know, detecting patterns just in the, in the past few months. And one of the things that really stuck out to me, um, that you talked about was like you're gonna have tweets that don't get that aren't successful and that are just gonna flop and that's okay and that's like my favorite part about twitter is it's like so effortless for a lot of the, a lot of the times it's so effortless compared to like instagram because you don't gotta put together like a creative and hashtags and all that kind of stuff so it's like so effortless like you just you could shoot your shot multiple times a day and, and if one hits you know you're good and the others are they're not going to have really a negative effect in your account. I don't think so. That's why I love Twitter and man. Yeah. You, you just provided uh, so many different strategies that people can go out and use. And I just have one follow-up on that on the flip side of things. Like, I guess there's two aspects to growing on social media. It's like posting your own content and then engaging on the timeline. So what are some habits or things that you do on a daily basis in terms of like engaging with other people to grow your account even further? All right, so if you, and this is more for accounts that are just starting out, but if you want to grow your account really fast, so the thing you need is not really good content because you can have good content and you have no eyes on that content, it's not going to work out. So what you want to do is get eyes on that content. So the way you do it is, for example, if I'm starting a podcast, I'm going to this podcast example because of the situation. But if I'm starting a podcast account, uh, the first thing that I would do is get 10 people that are big on the podcast space and I will add them to a list. You can uh, create lists on Twitter. And I'll add a list with 10 people that are big in the podcast space. And I will go on their profiles and I will click on the add notifications. So what's going to happen is every time that person tweets, you're going to get a notification that, hey, this person just sent a tweet. And you go there and you'll be the first person to comment something, to reply something. And... What that's going to do is not only that person is going to know you, recognize you, and become maybe friends with you, but everybody that uh, is into the podcast space is going to see you're the first person that, that replied. They're going to check you out. They're going to see what you're about. Then they're going to see your content. And if your content is good, they're going to follow. So it's kind of a little, uh, it's kind of like a funnel. You're just putting yourself there. It's kind of like an ad. It's kind of like a free ad. You're showing up use uh, to other people's audience so you get 10 people you do that um the way that i do it is 
you can write, um, you can send a tweet. Um, let me try to, to think some way that everybody can do it. All right, just, just take 15 minutes of your time every day, like once in the morning, once at night, schedule like a block of 15 minutes, then just go through that list and reply, 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 reply. Just do that, reply, reply, reply. And then in the night, go again, reply, reply, reply. Because what you're doing is getting eyes on your account. That's simply it. You're getting eyes on your account. And even if somebody doesn't click on our profile right now, by the time that person sees your profile for the hundredth time, he's going to think, yo, what the fuck? This guy is always on the, this account. I'm going to check him out. And then he's going to go to your account. He's going to see that you're posting content, good content, and he's going to follow you. So it's kind of like a little bit of a cheat code. It's kind of like a funnel for people that are starting out on Twitter. Reply, 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 reply. That's kind of like a, what everybody does. Even big accounts, you see uh, literally every big account, like uh, Oliver, Dan Cole, Aaron, all those big accounts, they still do it. And I think that they're really good in keeping the fundamentals in check. They don't miss that. They always done that and they still do that because it works. They, they have like 50K, 60K followers and they still do that. So that lets you know that it's important because if it wasn't important, they, they have the luxury, the privilege of not doing that anymore. They're huge accounts and they still do it. Why? The fundament, uh, fundamentals work. So separate two blocks of time to reply to people and throughout your day when you're, I don't know, when you're chilling, when you're not doing anything, if you get the notification, go there, reply. There's your best chance of getting a lot of people to watch it, uh, to see your profile, click and maybe follow you. Yep. Love it, dude. <clears throat> I feel like a lot of people don't want to hear that you have to, you know, manually go and, and reply to things and add value, but that's just the nature of it. Right. And it takes some time, but it's, it's worth it for sure. Yeah. Like you, you have to give value. And it's another thing too, like, uh, it hurts your ego to understand that, but what you think it doesn't matter like it's not like any this is something to understand about twitter like what you think doesn't matter like when you were in school teachers were paid to read your stuff right they were paid to to see you explaining your ideas and they validate them and hey what you think is important let me see let me understand that you you, you know the content right um when you're writing uh for Twitter or for any any social network, like it's not about you. Like people don't care about what you think. So this is what makes me angry about people that reply like, hey, I disagree with that. Who cares? Like nobody cares that you disagree with something. Nobody cares about your opinion. So unless you have something, uh, unless you have something that is going to uh, help uh, the person um, understand something different or get inspired or motivate that person like unless you can make something in the other person's brain uh like tick don't say anything because uh, your your opinions really don't matter so when you're replying to people make sure that you're not saying something that only makes sense to yourself like hey um that's great but i also think that end your tweet right there like nobody cares what do you think or hey i disagree i actually think nobody cares like the way that you reply to people is either you are a bro like you you make conversation like you're talking to a friend or you 
you can add value in a way that I don't know, you can put it in a different perspective or you can say, hey, um, this is true. I also saw that this uh, in this place, like you gotta add value. You never wanna give your perspective in a way like, hey, my perspective is important too, because it isn't. You're either adding, adding something to the tweet or being a bro, a friend, or don't reply. Because that's how you, you become like the, the weird guy in the DMs, right? That never writes something that makes sense. So the way, the better way that I think, if I had to put one above all else, be a bro. Just be a bro. That's the best advice. Be a bro, be a friend. Best advice that I can give, be a friend. Don't try to, to be a, like a sage, like, hey, that's true. You got to believe in yourself. Like, no, be a bro. Like, hey, bro, like... Uh, that's fact. <laughs> Even that is, be is better than uh, coming up with something that is fake. Like you see all the time people rewriting the tweet in another form, you know, like uh, the guy tweets, hey, water is wet. And then the guy in the reply say, hey, water is a fluid. Like don't try to come up, uh, don't think too hard in coming up with a strategy. Try to be a bro. And that's all you have to do. Literally. That's all you have to do. Yeah, and I guess to add on to that, like, be a bro, but also, like, just be yourself. Like, don't I, – I feel like the worst tweets are the ones that are forced, like, where you're just sitting there, like, trying to come up with something just for coming up with – Yeah, it never works. Never works. Never works. Yeah. That's why, like, for us, like, I, our best tweets are when, like, we actually have an idea or, like, we're in the process of, like, doing real work for our agency and we're like, oh, shit, like, let, let's share this or document it really uh and, and document it in the form of a tweet and and whether it be a thread or just a screenshot or whatever and those are the tweets that do best for us and then if we are on the timeline and we recognize something or see something that like we actually find interesting or recognize and like can add value to we'll, we'll naturally you know go in and, and act on it but but yeah don't force tweets i feel like is, is great advice and just be yourself yeah. and don't try to be someone else because it's very obvious when you when you're trying to do that and people don't like it <laughs> yeah because the thing that happens is when you have a when you're trying to do something you are so laser focused for example if i give you advice like hey um try to i don't know try to i don't know if i give any advice that that i give you like a framework to interact with people it usually doesn't work because you are so focused on putting the your thoughts on that framework that you lose all sense of nuance. So you lose all the your natural sense of human interaction. Replies are different than tweets. You have to be human. You are talking to a person. Like it's very hard to give you a framework to reply to people because you are going to narrow your thinking so hard that you are going to sound like off. It's not natural. It's not natural. Imagine you are talking to someone in real life and you are just trying to answer everything through a narrow framework you will sound like weird super weird you just write uh, stuff that is natural like a friend like you're talking to someone else um what's more important in the reply anyways is that you build connection over time with that person like don't try to be a teacher don't try to give like sage advice i see a lot of people like 14 year olds talking about well, not, not even going to get into that but like don't try to, to be a sage, like, bro, there's no, there's, you don't have to do it, bro. It's people, bro. Like, just be a friend. Um, but yeah, the reply 
is um and you will see that in every twitter course i got every twitter course there is you will see that everybody does replies because it's just like a little bit of a funnel it gets your account seen by everyone else yeah. when your when your account is big like when your account is at like 5k 10k um you have the luxury of replying less, which I don't advise you to do because it still works, but you have the luxury of uh, replying less because your tweets start to get retweets and then you start to get into other people's faces just because of retweets. When you have zero followers, you're not gonna get retweets. So the only way to get new eyes on your profile is replying. So that's kind of like the funnel works. Yep, super helpful advice too. I feel like a lot of people I don't know, aren't necessarily lost on Twitter, but they don't know exactly like what they can actually do to grow their account. And it might seem like ego driven to grow an account, but like just from the account that we've grown, we've had like, I don't know, dozens of inbound leads to our, our agency. So like Twitter is a great source of traffic and, you know, establishing authority and making connections and doing shit like this. So it's awesome. I appreciate it. Um, Andre, you good for lightning round? All right, sweet. So after every interview, we just ended with a few quick questions that are meant to be like rapid fire. Uh, if you're ready for that, right. we'll, we'll jump right in. I'll uh, try. All right. Yeah. So the first one is uh, if you could write one tweet that would be seen by all of Twitter, what would it say? Um, I have zero talent. I just worked for six months. <laughs> and you can too, right? <laughs> yeah. Love it, bro. Yeah. I love how you just double down on that strategy and just that framework of like, dude, like if you want to achieve something like it, dedicate time and focus and consistency and, and you'll get there and until then like don't come to me and complain or say it doesn't work or try to do something else it's it's really that simple um yeah it's simple but it's not easy right it's like one of those things that, exactly yeah it's simple but it's not easy yeah um awesome well the next question the lightning round is if we had you on for another interview a year from now which we definitely uh would love to have you on again uh what's one thing you'd want to have accomplished by then either in business or in life or anything like that I want to exit my business. I want to fire myself. But still be like, uh, I don't know if you know, like uh, Alex Hormozzi. Um, he talks about, hey, it's like uh, nose in in the business. Like you're watching everything that's going on, but you have like hands out, right? So that's how I want to do. I have a few plans. I want this to run without me, but still be there like pulling the strings. Yeah. Solid, dude. I think that's a, a pretty, pretty um, realistic goal for everyone running an agency is just to basically not passive income, but like have a business exist without you, your input, which that's is super powerful. It's like complete time freedom. Um, so the last one for me is what's one thing, you know, right now that you wish you knew um, when you were 18? Ah, damn. Uh, that people making money are not they're not smarter than you they're not millionaires and billionaires are not smarter than you that's some that is easier said than it's, it's hard to grasp that it's hard to feel it um you have to make money to understand that first otherwise it doesn't seem real but they're not smarter than you yeah, seriously. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like you have the everyone I feel like has somewhat of the same potential. It's just you have to figure out a way to tap into it um, and leverage different points or, or talents and skill sets, you know, and build on the ones that you don't have. And 
all that kind of stuff but yeah it's like it's like people i feel like are so like uh not threatened but i guess overwhelmed by other people's talent that like they can't see it for themselves um even yeah. though like i feel like it's all in us to succeed it's just a matter of like what you do about it and, and whether or not you take action on it so uh love that answer um the the last question is just what are three software tools that you and your agency couldn't survive without the the agency couldn't survive without uh, so first of all, Hype Fury, of course, uh, Notion, of course, which is the base of every single uh, agency. And I want to move to Slack, but we're using Discord now. So those three oh, okay. is all, all, all we're using. Sick. Nice, dude. Yeah, definitely great tools. Um, Discord is fun. It's blown up now, especially with all these like NFTs and whatnot. So sure you get a lot of notifications and these are, are another thing bro <laughs> this, <laughs> it, bro it makes me so fucking angry like hey i'm putting this work my friend just made like 4k today with nft flip that he made and i'm like bro come on like <laughs> but yeah <laughs> crazy yeah yeah it all evens out in the end it's it's hype now but you know it doesn't stuff like this yeah. doesn't always last Fun to see like people on Twitter be like YOLO and just <laughs> buy them a lot. <laughs> they buy like some, buy know, like, some a rock. like a picture yeah. of a rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crazy. Man. Well, and they're uh, like, hey, NFT too. Then they're just like screenshotting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I own it too. Yeah, that's, that's crazy, man. But uh, appreciate you, you taking the time to hop on. This was, again, like a master class more so than it was a podcast interview. So, Thanks for sharing. Uh, the last question is just where can our audience find you, follow you, um, and just, you know, potentially work with you even? Yeah. So, damn, I need a better uh, tag on Twitter. But is you can go on Boost Agency and you're going to find my tweets there. But just because I don't know if people are going to get from the... But it's Guy Furious, which people won't know how to write. Uh, for yeah, people, people won't know how to write that. So go to Boost Agency and just check out my tweets or there. Um, but yeah, you can find me there. Yeah, we'll li we'll link it in the show notes too, just to make it a little Perfect. bit easier. If you can't spell it all out, uh, you know, full disclosure, Christian and I were spending like five minutes before having him on just to try to figure out how to pronounce his name. So <laughs> you're not alone if, if it's a little. Confusing. No, you guys, you guys got it right. It's <laughs> It's actually impressive that you guys got it better than most people. Yeah, yeah we practice. We practice. <laughs> <laughs> Put in some time. Well, appreciate you taking the time, man. This was, again, super, super valuable. And uh, keep us updated with everything that you got going on. And we'll look to have you on again in a year from now and see what's up. Right. Hopefully, hopefully everything works out with your podcast, too. And your guys are, like, huge, even more so than, than you are right now. But yeah, thanks for inviting me. Thanks for having me. It was, was super dope being here. Awesome. Hey guys, it's Andre again. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen into this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with a fellow agency builder. If you'd like to continue the conversation, be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at Andre Heichel Jr. And finally, if you need further help building your agency, visit our website at www.knowledgex.us. See you next time.